0: From WNYC, this is The Sporkful.
1: Hey friends, Dan here. Quick disclaimer before we get started. First, there is profanity in this episode of The Sporkful, and it is not bleeped. So that's number one. Number two, this show is about foods infused with marijuana. And in this episode, we will actually be eating foods infused with marijuana. So if that is something that you do not want to hear about, I suggest you check out one of the other lovely episodes of The Sporkful currently available. Okay, here goes. Your day job and your side project are Mm -hmm. not unrelated.
2: No, not at all. You are a
1: baker at one of the top bakeries in New York City. Yes. On the side, you have a little project you're working on.
2: Exactly.
1: Tell us about it.
2: On the side, I've been experimenting with marijuana and different ways to infuse marijuana into food. Uh, without maybe getting so much of a marijuana taste, maybe upping the the ante on what I'm making, not just cookies, something a little more exciting, something better, and basically using the skills I learned as a pastry cook to have some fun.
1: This is Ronnie. That's not a real name because her side project is not exactly legal. As I said, By day, she works at one of the top bakeries in New York, and there are a lot of people like her. Right now, chefs across the country are getting ready for a culinary gold rush, a whole new dining experience that goes way beyond pot brownies. In Colorado, it's already here.
3: It's a Thursday night in downtown Denver, and we were invited to a marijuana food and wine pairing catering to young professionals. The food is sprinkled with marijuana the wine infused
1: with a strain called Killer Queen. What? In the first year after legalization in Colorado, nearly three million edible marijuana products were sold in retail stores. Of course, cooking with cannabis is still underground in a lot of the country, but the food world's getting ready to take it mainstream. Cookbooks from major publishers are in the works, and seasoned chefs are leaving good restaurants for a new challenge and a big payday. But. Ever the buzzkill, the New York Times points out two problems. First, it's hard to control how high people get when they eat marijuana. And second, it really doesn't taste that good. Today on The Sporkful, we're going to find out if that's true. I'll get help from Ronnie the baker and a few of my friends from Radio Lab, including host Jad Abumrad. We'll tell you how it yeah, tastes. Definitely. Like I'm eating dirt a little bit? Just, yeah, like, just, no, like, just like an undertone of dirt? Yeah. We'll tell you how it makes us feel.
4: I'm feeling very, I'm feeling very, uh, very relaxed.
1: And we'll discuss the aftermath.
4: Pashman, I hold you responsible for this.
1: Stick around. This is The Sporkful. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. And I should say right at the top here that I've had some of the stuff they're making in Colorado. I had this little candy that's like a Tootsie Roll. And it's so incredibly powerful that I could only eat like a one millimeter sliver of it. And that makes for an effective drug delivery system, I guess, but it's a crummy eating experience. So that's where I was coming from when Ronnie showed up with her spread. I was joined by Lab's senior editor, Soren Wheeler, and host, Jad Abumrad.
4: My one experience with edibles was maybe the worst day of my entire <laughs> life, where I ate probably twice as much as I should have, mm-hmm. and it was an entire weekend of misery. I'm really interested in the in the buzz management. I like that whole idea. Yes, right. Because again, you know, I'm I'm thinking about being 16 and you know face down in the hammock. So I'm trying <laughs> to avoid that.
1: Yeah. By the way, Jad, I told Ronnie in advance that you and I are both well past our prime. Oh, <laughs> we're well on the downward slope. <laughs> I think that's the exact phrase I used. I was like, "Go easy on us. We're past our prime."
2: I hope I. I mean, I, I believe I did go easy, especially because. I have a whole spread prepared for you guys.
5: This is my question is like, can you? So, have you created it such that? I mean, I actually don't know what kinds of pastries that you have in there, but say there's a Danish. I would like when I come across a Danish to eat the whole thing. Right. And I don't want just one <laughs> bite of a Danish, you know? So, have you calibrated it so that I can have the whole thing and yeah, not have gone Yeah, that's exactly
2: overboard. what I tried to do.
4: Wait, so have you have you taken a dip of this bread? And can you confirm through self-experimentation that this is what we're about to...
2: So, all right, Dan, when you presented me with the opportunity to come on the show, I was like, I want to do something a little different than what I'm used to. So I haven't actually sat down and had this exact item. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so we're your guinea pigs.
2: <laughs> where, you're my guinea pigs.
1: That probably should have been a warning sign, but we were just so fixated on trying to find that ideal experience. I think in the perfect edibles restaurant, you would walk in the door sober, and you would eat a whole meal, a full meal from beginning to end, eat and drink and be merry and do all the things I would do at a great restaurant, and for the dosage to be calibrated just right so that by middle of the meal i'm high mm-hmm. which makes the rest of the meal taste a heightened sensation better flavor for the rest of the meal and continue to be high for a reasonable period after the meal at a nice pleasant level and then fades away but you would need that d- a d- certain dosage mm-hmm. arc yeah in order to make that meal possible i see
4: i think yeah. you might be i think you might be asking too much of the uh, of the future perfect edible
5: restaurant it might be a, a pipe dream, because every person's going to be different, too.
1: Right. So, Dan. Most edibles so are made by infusing marijuana into a fat, savory. then cooking with that fat. It can be butter, apples, oil, milk cookies, fat, whatever. Sweet. That's because the active ingredients so in cannabis are fat-soluble. In. The first dish Ronnie brought out was garlic bread, brushed with weed-infused olive oil, which I she wanted us to dip baby in, baby in baby a weed-infused balsamic vinaigrette.
2: I feel like you could definitely dip, dip heartily. And eat two. Step, step it up, Dan. And eat two of them. Yeah, really.
1: <laughs>
4: don't be a pussy, Dan.
1: Okay. All right, one more bite. Can good. you
2: taste, are you getting any hints of the...
1: I don't taste weed, although there's oregano on here, right? Not well, not
2: sure. no. Okay, it definitely takes on a different flavor than maybe the smell that you're used to. It you... It
1: has a kind of, um,
4: where's Jack?
2: Earthy. Earthy, yes, yes, definitely. Like I'm
4: eating dirt a little bit, just yeah, like, just, a little, like yeah. just like, just like an undertone of dirt. Yep,
2: it tastes like straight earthiness.
1: Should we try the next item on the menu? Yeah.
2: Okay. So I just brought you know things we can munch on. I tried to put weed into cheese its just so you can Is have, like, a... Oh, a, a man. Interesting. You're like, going to be
1: so rich. <laughs> 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 Is this the first time that you've ever tried making them? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, I'm having a, I'm having yeah, a cheese. it have a
2: bunch. Take them home.
1: <laughs> Ronnie kept pushing the food on us, but Soren started to get concerned.
5: <laughs> see, this all boils down to how, we, how much we trust her because she's our buzz manager for the, right. you know, and she probably wants to see us Get ridiculous.
1: Right.
2: Guys, I'm 100% leaning more towards the idea of wondering, are you even going to get high by the amount that you're eating? I recommend more Cheez-Its. Guys, eat this. Well, I'm not going to eat it.
1: That was my third Cheez-It. And that one had a much stronger flavor of weed than okay. the first two. Of, no. Yes,
2: because I didn't, you know, take a syringe and inject anything. And in. I tossed them, you know, in an oil.
1: This is basically you like know. weed roulette we're playing totally. right now. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, um, I was starting to feel the effects. The, the next dish was zucchini pancakes, so which were, mmm, just the right level of salty. I, made, I had one. I Chad and Soren each had a couple. I made mini it was time for dessert: yeah, mini banana cream pies. Those are
4: those are awesome. Those are those are the kind that you buy at a at like a at a like a little county fair or something. <laughs> I'm having trouble gauging here because you said a spoonful, and now you're saying half.
2: There is actually you can calculate how much marijuana you put in per dosage something along the lines of each there's 10% of THC per gram of marijuana I I, I could be wrong I could be wrong this is really bad this is really bad let's go back well <laughs>
1: I know, I know. Yes, you're right. Listening back to this from here in the present, it just seems so obvious. But it's really hard to see those red flags when the banana cream pie just tastes so good.
5: Yeah, this is the danger zone one of all the things that we've <laughs> totally. had so far. This one is the uh, the threat. This will take me right back to 16, right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Radio Lab producer Ellen Horn chimed in. She had been snacking silently.
0: But that's exactly the problem I have with edibles. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, generally would want, I'd want there to be a range of options on the market from, like, shots of tequila to mm-hmm. a beer. And mm-hmm. I'd want, you know, like, when you go to a bar and can read the percentage alcohol on a beer, that's very helpful.
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. I think no, the, the I exciting that. opportunity no, okay.
0: here is that there that you could be thinking about the flavor.
2: Yes. The idea not of just taking a little bite and getting really messed up. But the idea of extending, you know, the art of food and pastry and uh, over the course of time, slowly getting a a nice, mild buzz going. That's a beautiful idea. I love that. I I live in a very different world. Like, that idea came from your world. I live in a world where everyone my age is like, yeah, I want to get really high right now. Right. (laughs) 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 Sorry.
1: May I ask your age,
2: Ronnie? Yeah, I'm 26.
5: There really is a tension here. It's an interesting tension about whether this is a delivery system or enjoyable in its own right. I mean, and I started out thinking, oh, what you're up to is a delivery system that is also enjoyable. But is it like it's weird whether you would actually decide that weed itself as an ingredient would be part of what makes the taste enjoyable. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like, is it? I think that's what you were—
1: Right. Your question is basically like, like are we just de- dressing up the delivery system in extra nice clothes?
5: Right. And, and managing the buzz and making it civilized and nice and okay for parents or people who have to finish podcasts, you know?
2: <laughs> um,
5: or, or are you somehow, like, interested in stepping into a world where it's like, I'm going to make that earthy, herby weed taste a part of what you want to get out of this piece of garlic bread?
1: Before we wrapped up, Ellen asked us each to take stock. Jad went first.
4: I'm feeling um um, I'm feeling very I'm feeling very uh very relaxed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very happy. Okay. So thank you. This was really fun.
2: This I had a blast.
1: I love that Jad. You came in here with certain trepidations, and about halfway through, you just put your foot on the pedal.
2: You guys are awesome.
0: <laughs> just put his
5: face into the banana pack. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how would you describe how you feel in? in alcohol terms. Or like, how, what's the... Is this like one margarita? Is this...
5: I mean, not to oversell it, but uh this to me feels about like on that particular very good evening in the backyard when I hit two and a half beers and it was just the right mm-hmm. amount.
1: When I talked to this guy who wrote You Suck at Drinking, he, he lists different inebriation levels. It defines number three as being like the unicorn, like it's the perfect level where you're you're yeah. really feeling you feel good, but you're you're totally in control. You're not inclined to do karaoke, um, you know. And he basically said, like like, but, but you're you're balanced on a knife's edge and you can't maintain it. So I, I feel like I uh, have had a good number of drinks, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be thrown up in a gutter anytime soon.
5: I'm riding the unicorn. <laughs>
2: Nice, oh, amazing.
5: I, I I would, you know, as a buzz manager, you've you've been a very very good one.
2: Thank you.
1: You complimented Ronnie on being an excellent buzz manager, and I, I agree. But um, call me in an hour. <laughs> we, we we're not we're not uh, we're not off this train yet. When we come back, I'll tell you what happened to each of us after we went our separate ways. Stay with us. Hey, I was thinking, we should all have lunch together. And we will, at the first ever sporkful brown bag lunch. It's a Google Hangout, and you're invited. I'll be live in my kitchen taking your questions about how to make your lunch more delicious, office fridge theft and office eating etiquette, and whatever else is on your mind. Bring the kids, I might bring mine. I'm not sure yet what I'll be eating, but I'll make sure it's something special. And I'd love to hear about your lunch and how you are maximizing deliciousness. We're also going to periscope this thing, if you're a periscoper. It's this Friday, June 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern. To register, go to sporkful.com slash hangout. That way you'll get a reminder right before it starts. If you go there now, you can post questions and vote for the ones you want me to answer. Again, this Friday, June 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to sporkful.com slash hangout. Welcome back to The Sporkful from WNYC. I'm Dan Pashman. So to recap, we finished eating and we all felt pretty good. We went our separate ways. And that's when things went bad. Here's Jad. The room
4: was spitting. I couldn't quite coordinate my movements. Uh, Getting to the cab, every time I blinked, I literally would forget where I was. Like I was like, I could I didn't remember if I was in Manhattan or if I was in Brooklyn. What am I doing in this cab? The continuity that is the sort of the thread of life was gone.
1: And it stayed gone for like a whole day and a half. I was in a cab home and my head just felt so heavy. I was feeling sort of carsick. Most of what I remember from the ride is like flashes. Like a flashbulb went off and my brain captured an image. Going up 6th Avenue, flashbulb. Coming out of the Midtown Tunnel, flashbulb into my driveway, a It was late, my wife was already sleeping. I went straight up to bed. I was trying to put on a t-shirt and I couldn't figure out why it was so dark in the bedroom. The lights were off, but I, it's not usually so dark in there. Like I couldn't see anything. I was like, are my eyes open? I think they're open, but maybe they aren't. So I opened them as wide as possible, like bugged them out. They were definitely open. But still, darkness. Ellen fared even worse.
0: By the time I got to New Jersey to take an Uber home, I didn't really know where I was and couldn't help the Uber driver find my house. And then I, I actually like woke up my husband at 4 a.m., like, I think I need to go to the hospital like i I was in a really like very bad state, and he was like he talked me down, I was like, Here's, I'm gonna get you some water. You're gonna be okay. You just need time."
5: That was not a good experience. No, that was a terrible experience. It's funny now, but it was not a good experience. It's not an experience I haven't had before. It's one I have had before, and I I find these things manageable. But it was was not good, and we were supposedly being careful. I thought that we had stumbled across the holy grail of a nice meal that leaves you with a happy unicorn buzz. Mm. Um, Maybe one of the things to take away here is that you get in there even with a certain sense of caution. But you've got some other people around, and it's food.
4: That's the problem. Right. That's problem.
5: This positive feedback loop, which is actually not at all positive, <laughs> but it sends you into a spiral. And everybody, if somebody else had a bite, and they wonder about how they. Oh, I'll have another. But it just becomes this thing where you lose the connection between the thing that you're putting them in your mouth and the thing that you're
4: actually putting in your See, mouth. See, that, that's the problem that I had. is it, it's, like a tr- it's like a problem of translation. You're translating pot into this thing, and I don't know how much is in there. I don't know what effect one bite is going to have. And so the whole time we're sitting there wondering, like, I don't know, are we going to feel anything? And it was weird to me that, like, when it came, it just landed on me with such an intensity. <laughs> it, look, it, like, it was like, you, done. <laughs> You will do nothing for the next day and a half. You are over. And I was like, I I had no no concept that that was about to happen.
5: I think uh, if I walked away with some words for myself in the future, it would be, know your baker.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to find out. I mean, is it just that simple? Did Ronnie just lead us astray? Or is some of this an inherent problem with all edibles? I talked to Professor Margaret Haney, who runs the Marijuana Research Lab at Columbia University Medical Center.
0: Edibles are not keeping me awake at night, but it's more, you know, 15-year-old smoking repeatedly throughout the day.
1: She says drugs that hit you faster are more likely to be abused, so that makes smoking and vaping a larger concern. Edibles come on slower because they have to go through the digestive system. But with edibles, the risk of a bad experience is higher.
0: People vary tremendously in the effect of consuming the drug. So one person might eat the same amount as another and feel a much stronger effect, and that's just going to depend on that person's body chemistry. Marijuana smokers are very good at titrating their effects. So if it's very strong marijuana, they smoke less. If it's weak, they smoke more. They get to the place they want to get to, and they can do that because the effects come on so quickly. But with, with eating it, you, you cannot do that. So, again, it's 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 going to be a real experiment with yourself to find something you're comfortable
1: with. All right, so clearly part of where we got into trouble is that Ronnie's just got a much higher tolerance than we do. A weak dose for her is a strong dose for us. But I got to say, I have a hard time believing the dose she gave us was weak by anyone's standards. So was it just unreasonable for us to expect her to have that level of control? It is the
3: hardest thing to predict the potency of your edibles without any sort of quantification
1: remember how i told you that good chefs were leaving their restaurants to get into cooking with cannabis my name is
3: gabriel reeves i am chef a uh, teacher and lab technician
1: at elemental wellness center in san jose california chef gabriel worked in fine dining he was even a chef at google's corporate headquarters now he's at a medical marijuana dispensary the amount of cannabis in each flower varies so much with each harvest
3: that the only way we can really standardize is through scientific quantification. And I spent years making cookies and brownies and cake, pie, everything I could think of. And I would never really know how potent it was until I ate one. Have you had bad experiences with it? Absolutely. There's a lot that I'm still understanding and a lot of dishes I won't put it in. Because I, if I can't teach an effective way to incorporate the medicine into that individual recipe, then I won't teach it to my students until I feel like I've you know, done the, the due diligence in the test kitchen with it.
1: So even for Chef Gabriel, getting just the right strength is tough. He was trained by chemists at Steep Hill Cannabis Labs to use special equipment to measure dosage. But he says when it's a recipe he's really got down, he can get it pretty consistent without that stuff, within 10% of his goal. And when he uses the lab tools? Perfect, perfect consistency. move over here a little bit is this better for you so you're like looking in the right direction
2: I'm like I'll loosen up
1: (laughs) um all right so Ronnie
2: hi welcome back thank you
1: first of all thank you again for putting forth all your effort to make so many delicious foods for us
2: my pleasure it was really fun
1: um how much did you eat
2: not that much I Had some earlier in the day because I was tasting things and I was working with the product. And then, so I kind of felt a little messed up and I was like, oh gosh, I have to do a podcast. Like, I've never done this before.
1: So everyone left, I think, having had a a good time, certainly. Um, A day and a half later, we we like went back in the studio and we sort of like debriefed and talked about like, I played Ronnie parts of the conversation you you heard earlier. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Okay. So it's funny. They're like, we were supposedly being careful. (laughs) Okay. I said, especially with the pie, I said one spoonful is probably good. I look over at the guys, and they are just like licking their fingers clean of the pie. I was, I I knew.
1: Of the four of us, I was actually the only one who said that I would... Repeat the experience, any not not that experience, but an edible and any experience with edibles in the near future.
2: I saw how you ate the food. You were really good. You 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 did like a little picking. You know, I brought apps, and you picked nicely. You went a little lighter, I think, than the other guys. I really think the banana pie did them in.
1: Right, although, but I would say that I still ended up with more than I like. I ended up a lot more high than I wanted to be. I mean, to be clear we are all grown-ups who knew what we were getting into. Right, You know.
2: right, exactly.
1: Um, it, it's not like you or anybody else was standing on top of anyone forcing food down their throats. No. Um, but I do feel like we were relying on you to a point to sort of guide us uh, to know how much was in what we were eating, how strong it was. You did sort of express a general feeling of like, it's going to be totally fine, I went easy on you.
2: Yes, Be Okay. So I did feel like, first of all, some of it was a new experience for me. So I know I'm a little defensive because I feel bad. I feel like maybe, you know, I I should have been a little more cautious. At one point, I looked over at people and I saw a little sweat on their forehead. And I was like, oh, no, this really hit them hard. And, like, I felt bad.
1: But so at that moment, why didn't you say, "A like I really feel that you guys should stop eating, don't eat anything more," and B like maybe eat something that doesn't have weed in it to slow down the absorption because I'm concerned that you ate too much.
2: I wasn't concerned in like a, I thought everyone was going to wake up and think they were dying sort of way, but I just I was actually I was like, "All right, good. Well, like you know, at least." they're getting what, you know, I came for. I went into it thinking like, I better get these guys high. I like overachieved a little bit, I think. I might have overachieved. So in retrospect, <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely try to test things.
1: Is the reason why you didn't do a test run sort of because the, of the economics of it?
2: Yes, definitely. If I had proper funding, and I had um, the resources to buy a large amount of marijuana and somebody was kind of helping me through that. I would have definitely been able to test and go back and forth. But yeah, it was more of an economical thing.
1: Now, in terms of ways you can avoid this type of outcome in the future, one option is just err on the side of having people start with a nibble and see what happens. But Another option, and they're not mutually exclusive, is just make the stuff weaker.
2: Yep, yep.
1: You know, like because I think that that is one of the real dangers as people like you and many others around the country who have a real expertise in cooking get into edibles, mm-hmm. the stuff just tastes so damn good. And it's very hard to hand someone a delicious banana cream pie right. and say, eat a half a teaspoon of this. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then they taste it and taste delicious, and then to expect them just because it tastes so good and you're not accustomed to having to show that kind of restraint. Right. So I talked to this guy named Kim De Caesar, who's a researcher at Steep Hill Labs, um, and Kim has offered to consult with you free of charge um, to help you refine your methods.
2: That's amazing.
1: So uh, we'll put you guys in touch.
2: Oh, thank you. That's cool. You know, I've devoted my whole... Um, time here uh, learning about fen- French pastry and uh, the culinary arts and baking and the craft behind it and I'm absolutely in love with every aspect of it and this I think is just an addition to that knowledge and I can take what he gives me and then take what I know my expertise in gourmet French baking and you know really do something cool.
1: One more fact before we wrap up. Colorado has legal limits for how strong edibles can be. In the first year after legalization, they tested almost 4,000 products. The chefs there managed to get 98% below the limit. But I still think the eating experience would be a lot better if they were way, way weaker. I mean, if you have high tolerance, you can always eat a second banana cream pie. One more reminder, the first ever Sporkful Brown Bag Lunch is coming. It's a Google Hangout. It's free. I'll be chatting with you live from my kitchen. It's going to be a blast. This Friday, June 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern. Sign up and start posting questions now at sporkful.com slash hangout. Next week on the show, Bon Appetit's Adam Rappaport hates pie. I'll make him defend that ridiculous stance against my Aunt Meryl from Houston, who loves pie. She also loves Metallica. And I'll eat vanilla ice cream with Molly Weisenberg and Matthew Amster Burton from the podcast Spilled Milk. Plus, a Weird Al cameo. Get psyched! Special thanks to Jad Abumrad, Ellen Horn, and Soren Wheeler from Radio Lab. If you're one of the few podcast listeners in the world who doesn't already listen to Radio Lab, you really need to remedy that. Thanks also to Alexander Overington, who provided sound design for this episode. He works on an amazing podcast called Meet the Composer at WQXR. If you wanna find out about some new composers doing really interesting work, check out Meet the Composer. This show is a production of WNYC and The Sporkful. It was produced by Anne Sani, Talia Ralph, and me. We got engineering help from Irene Trudel. Special thanks to Paula Schumann and Alex Ambrose. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman. And I'm Bobby.
4: And I'm Hope
2: from Melbourne, Australia.
1: Reminding you to eat more.
2: Eat better. And and eat eat more more better.
4: better.